everyone. Welcome to another episode of Uni Life with Canvas Nottingham. I'm one of your hosts, Christine. Throughout this summer semester, we're doing a series of podcast episodes called Before You Go. Each episode, you get to hear a member of the Canvas team share about a topic that we thought would provide some food for thought for you as this year comes to a close. We also hope that the topics that we're covering will provide some encouragement to help carry you forward and help you finish strong in this year of uni. So this week, I'm excited to be chatting with David. He is one of our new Canvas teammates who arrived in Nottingham with his wife, Katie, in January. Hey, David, how's it going? Good. How's it going? (laughs) It's going well. I'm very thankful that we're able to still record this uh, today, thanks to technology. Yeah, it's been a weird week. It has been a weird week. What's been going on in your week? Uh, My wife tested positive for COVID over the weekend, and so we've been isolating. She is isolating in the bedroom, and I'm isolating downstairs. I've been testing negative. Uh, She was positive, so just trying to stay safe. So, yeah, that's definitely a whirlwind of a week for sure. Yeah, it's been a been a unique one for sure. Mm-hmm. So, some people listening may not know you very well. Will you tell them a little bit about yourself and maybe some some interesting facts about you? Yeah, yeah. So, um, my name is David. I was born on the 4th, November, 1993. Uh, It snowed that day in Chicago where I was born. Um, I am six foot six, uh, so I'm very tall. Um, I have two brothers, one older, one younger. Uh, I have a cat named Emerson who is not here with us yet, but she will be at at some point. I don't know. What's what do you think's interesting about me? <laughs> I think those are good things. I think where you're from, your height is definitely something to be mentioned, um, especially in this environment when people can't see how yeah. tall you are. And your cat is a very special member of your family, and so I think that was that was a good highlight as well. Good. I'm glad I could <laughs> paint a picture. <laughs> good overview. A tall American man and a cute cat. That's basically what you need to be imagining. Oh, yeah. he also has a really intense, serious, awesome beard. And so that um, that yeah. rounds out the picture as well. Yeah, I, I should start over. So my name's David. I have a big <laughs> beard. <laughs> ah. So it's been awesome having you on the team. And I think this will be another experience. Uh, opportunity for students in Canvas to get to know you a little bit more and hear a little bit about your life and your experience. And so I'm excited to jump in. And for starters, I think it would be good. Tell us a little bit about David and uni. Take us back. What was it like? What were you like? Paint us a picture of that. Yeah. So David at uni. Um, David at uni was older than everybody else. Um, I had zero intention of going to university. Um, 
And so when I was a first year, I was already turning 21 years old. So at, at, from the get-go, I was sort of different than everybody else. I was always the oldest in my class. I was always obviously the tallest in my class. Um, but it was like, uh, you know, all of the people that were my, you know, peers on the, the dorm floor or uh, anything like that, they were always two to three years younger than I was. Um, so that already from the get-go was a little strange. Um, uh, but as a whole, I think university for me was good at times and bad at times, ebbs and flows, uh, semesters or terms of, you know, positive and negative. And uh, what was interesting was freshman year was awesome. First year, awesome. Um, sophomore year, second year, not so great. <laughs> uh, junior year, the third year, even worse than sophomore year. Senior year, amazing. Loved it. Um, but it was weird that like that middle portion was so crummy. And uh, I don't, I don't, Still know why, but I, I think if I had to hazard a guess, the first year was so easy. Uh, you're just getting to know people. You're just taking classes that are, you know, really, really simple, very small workload. And so to have that kind of be my set expectation and then sophomore year, second year rolls around and it's like, oh, no, this is where the work starts. <laughs> Uh, I guess it just blew my expectations out of the water and uh, it was hard. And um, also I was a, an RA, a resident assistant for the, the dorm that I was living in. So that added a layer of difficulty. I was working full time at uh, the church that I had been working at. So I was a full time student, a full time RA, a full time employee at a church. Uh, I had a girlfriend. Um, I was still trying to maintain a social life. So it's like that year was hard. Uh, a lot of plates to be spinning all at once. Um, yeah, junior year was weird. A uh, uh, lot of relational stuff was happening. Um, my uncle passed away. So that was hard. Uh, so junior year just as a whole stood out as this was a hard year. Uh, and senior year, coming out of that uh, junior year, that really hard junior year, I think on some level it was just that uh, junior year sucked so much. It can't get any worse than this. So anything better than junior year was, you know, great. Um, so, uh, yeah, uni was weird. Uni was good. Uni had good times, bad times. I can totally relate to you sharing about this uni experience that's not only full of a mixture of highs and lows, but what I heard you sharing was that it was not exactly what you were expecting it to be like either. And I think that's so true. Uni is one of those things that has a, a large reputation, I think. And also it, I, it's different for each person and you kind of have to just experience it to really know what your uni experience is going to be like. Yeah. I remember my, my grandparents and my parents and other adults in my life would always say something to the effect of, oh, you know, university, college, it's the best time of your life. 
And I remember talking with my younger brother during university and we both were on a walk and just like talking. And I can't remember which of us said it, but we, we both basically agreed, like, if this is supposed to be the best time of our lives, life sucks because <laughs> this isn't going to be great. Uh, and that was during one of those hard years. So obviously it was a bit of a skewed perspective, but like, you're right. There's this expectation that university is supposed to be amazing and fun and you're always doing something great and you're going to have these amazing memories. And quite frankly, I have just as many bad memories as I have as like the good ones. Yep. I, I totally hear that. What was a funny experience that you had in uni? Oh boy. So I have just nothing but funny or stupid or weird stories from university. Um, my younger brother and I would, uh, so we were the same year um, because I went to university a little later than normal. Um, so he and I were first years at the same time. So uh, we were roommates quite frequently uh, throughout university. Well, um, we would on a weekend decide, oh, we want coffee from this really specific coffee place. Well, that specific coffee place is a three hour drive away. And so uh, we would just hop in my car and drive for three hours, stop, get coffee, drink the coffee, get back in the car and drive back to university. We used to do that all the time. Um, there was also this time where uh, it was Super Bowl Sunday for American football, and uh, there was overnight uh, about three feet of snow uh, that happened. And so it was about knee deep, a little higher than knee deep, uh, and Super Bowl Sunday, you got to have pizza. And so Matthew is his name. Matthew and I decided, uh, you know, we we're going to walk to this pizza place. <laughs> and eat pizza and watch the football game. Well, um, we get to the pizza place. Mind you, we're walking through a blizzard at this point. We get to the pizza place and we're the only customers in there and all of the employees are sitting at a table watching the, the football game. And when we walk in, they all kind of look up and like sigh, like, oh man, now we gotta start working. And so Matthew and I are like, oh no, you guys don't have to move. We just wanted to watch the game. And so, one person takes our order, one person goes back and makes our order, and then they bring out our food and food for all of them, and we all sat and watched the football game together, which was really fun. Yep. I know you have shared a few of those long car journey stories, um, mm -hmm. and so I've just deducted that like you love a good long car drive. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I'm a big fan of a car ride. Uh, Matthew and I would hop in the car and drive all over the place. We drove about 14 hours for some chicken uh, one time. That was we, the story I thought you were going to tell when you oh, were like, yeah. and then we drove three hours. I was like, that is weak in comparison to what you have yeah. in your arsenal. They were, sure. they were fun. It was, uh, there's not much to do near that university. So the options were go play in a cornfield or, um, drive somewhere else. So. Mm -hmm. so earlier you mentioned that during uni you were working in a, at a church. What yes. was faith like? What role did faith play in your life at that time? And also, I guess, like, how did you come to have a faith? 
Yeah. Um, so I'll start with how did I come to have a faith because that kind of defines the, the later in life. Um, so I was kind of born into a Christian family. Um, my parents, uh, were both Christian. My grandparents were Christian. Um, so we, we grew up going to Sunday school in the mornings on Sunday and, um, going to youth group when we were in, you know, middle school and high school and, um, some point in high school, I decided, you know, I wanted to be a, a pastor, like a youth minister. And so um, one of the guys on stage, you know, helping teens figure out what they want to do with the rest of their, excuse me, rest of their lives. And so um, I had decided that. And at some point I decided I didn't want to go to university so I kind of bargained with God a little bit and I was like, okay, God, uh, I'm not going to university. So you need to be at the time my, my brain told me, you know, you need a, a degree of some kind to be a youth minister. And if I'm not going to university, I can't get that degree, which means I'm not going to be a youth minister. So, okay, God, I'm not going to university, find something else for me to do. Well, I just started working at like a, a retail store and the the plan at the time was start working in some company and uh, a company that I liked, a company that paid well and just like an entry level job and I'd work my way up until I was secure and at some point during all of this I would meet a nice girl and you know settle down and that would be my life. Well, during that time, a friend who was working at uh, this church, um, who was on the uh, Birmingham Canvas team, uh, he uh, he asked me if I wanted to grab some breakfast, and he he then was like, "Hey, do you still want to be a youth minister?" And I was like, "I mean, yeah, but I'm not going to university, so." Uh, it doesn't really matter. He goes, okay, well, you're interning at the church now. I was like, what? He's like, yeah, you're interning at the church now. Uh, sign this thing and I'll let you know when you start. I was like, do I get a say in this? And he he's like, no, you don't. I was like, okay, uh, cool, I guess. So I signed the thing and I got a phone call like a couple days later and I quit my job at the retail store and I started working at the church as an intern in the youth ministry. And during that time, I was like, um, I, I'm loving what I'm doing and I want to keep doing this. And if I want to keep doing this, I guess that means I have to go to university after all. And so during that time, I started applying to universities and uh, I got accepted into the university my younger brother was going to. And uh, uh, yeah, I finished my internship like a week before we moved into our dorm. Uh, during university, because I was studying um, ministry and the church and theology and church history and all of these different things, most of my friends were in the same programs as me. And so faith was a center point. The church was a center point. God was a center point of topic when we were hanging out. 
so church and the world of Christianity was kind of a focal point of my university experience. Um, it was hard to avoid it when that's what I'm studying, that's what my friends are studying, and that's what we're passionate about. So on this week's episode, we're going to be talking about the topic of grace. Grace is something that talked about widely, I would say, in the church. Um, But outside of the church, I think it's a little more ambiguous. Like, what exactly is that? What does that mean? So what would you say, David? What is grace? Um, The biblical thought on grace is that God freely shows us mercy and love, um, not because we necessarily have done anything to deserve that, but that he does it purely for the sake of doing it because he loves us and he wants us to have that. Um, So a way that he demonstrated that was uh, Jesus dying on the cross for our sins. We didn't deserve that. Um, Some people don't even want that, but he did it. Uh, because he loves us and he wants us to have that choice. Um, So the human perception of grace is slightly different how we use that word in everyday living, you know, um, generally has something to do with just being kind and um, being kind and recognizing that people aren't perfect and just kind of uh, not taking some things too seriously uh, on some level, being kind to people, having patience with people and kind of just giving them their space to be who they are, which is slightly different than the, the biblical perspective on it, but it's still in the same ballpark. Yeah, I've heard it talked about as the opposite of karma. So if karma is like, ooh, this is going to come back to bite you, you know, you're going to get what you deserve. Then grace is this idea of not getting what you deserve in a negative Mm. context yeah, um, and getting instead getting what you don't deserve as a result of your actions. Yeah. So... Thinking back to like your childhood growing up, do you can you think of uh, a story or a moment when you exp- remember experiencing grace? Um, I was thinking about this question, and I remember broad strokes of grace. I don't remember a specific situation. Um, grace in my household growing up was um, sometimes really good and sometimes it was a little bit skewed. So my perspective of grace uh, shifted depending on my age and where I was in life and all that kind of stuff. Um, Because at times grace was almost used as a form of passive aggression um, in my household And at other times, it was used um, in a healthy, loving, generous, kind way. Um, What did that look like? Will you give an example of what what caused it to be 
passive aggressive or why initially you had this skewed perspective on grace? Yeah. Um, I think with that, a disclaimer, some grace needs to be given uh, because nobody's perfect. Everybody's trying their best at any given moment. And sometimes people mess up. Sometimes people don't uh, say what they should have said or avoid saying what they shouldn't have said. Um, But so with that in mind, there were just times growing up where uh, there was an expectation of that if grace, the definition of grace is to be freely given without expectation of anything in return, there were times where grace was, there was that expectation of, I'm doing this for you because I love you, but you also need to X, Y, or Z. Uh, and so um, there were just different times like that, that kind of stuff would happen. And so that obviously shaped my understanding of grace. If that's what I'm being taught and that's what I'm seeing practically happening. Um, And that was kind of a a hard hole to climb out of when um, you think that you understand a word and then you find out that you're understanding of the definition of that word has been wrong most of your life. Uh, it's a hard hole to climb out of. Yeah. yeah. You just don't know what you don't know. And yeah. I think growing up, especially with like parents or whoever's raising us, like it's, we're so impressionable as children. So like what somebody is teaching us, it's easy to just assume like it's yeah. right. Mm-hmm. So how has your understanding of grace evolved over time and what contributed to that happening? Um, if I'm being honest, uh, my understanding of grace is still shifting and changing. Um, and I think it will always shift and change and evolve um, as my understanding grows, as my relationships with people uh, change and grow the uh, my capacity to show grace uh, will change and flow. Um, but I think the biggest contributor uh, to that uh, was my parents, in addition to what I was learning at university um, with the church and uh, ministry and God and all that. Um, because my parents... Uh, started to recognize um, patterns in us as their kids and patterns in themselves as husband and wife and parents. And they put a lot of effort into um, trying to make sure we understand the differences that we've experienced in our lives. And on top of that, being at university where the entire time we were there, the idea of grace is it's hard to avoid when you're talking about the church. It's hard to avoid when you're talking about scripture or theology or God. Grace is 
one of those topics that's always involved in one of the stories, um, usually involved in one of the stories. Um, and so I think uh, university really helped shape that view of grace is free. It doesn't cost you anything except maybe your pride. Uh, setting that aside for a second and ha having some grace, showing some grace to somebody else. Um, but university helped teach me that. My parents helped teach me that. My grandparents helped teach me that, um, that it's free. It doesn't cost you anything. And all it does is help you to love the other person a little bit better. Earlier you mentioned an example from the Bible where Jesus dies on the cross as a, an example of grace. Can you speak more into what the Bible has to say about grace? Like what true grace according to the Bible is and maybe in a story that helps illustrate what that looks like. Yeah. Um, the Bible as a whole is a lot of things, um, but something that uh, I think every story uh, to an extent in some capacity is about grace or redemption uh, in some capacity. And um, I don't think you can have redemption without a little bit of grace. There's a story about a guy named Moses uh, that I'm sure some of our listeners have heard about this person or heard these stories. Um, but just a quick overview of Moses. He was an Israelite um, born into Egypt. And his mother was an Israelite slave in Egypt. And so when she gave birth to Moses... Around the same time, the Pharaoh had said, you know, we need to do a little bit of population control on the Israelites. We don't want them to get too, too big in numbers that they could overthrow us. So they started collecting all of the uh, babies of the Israelites and drowning them in the river. And so uh, Moses's mother, in, a, in an attempt to try to save his life, uh, placed him in this uh, basket for lack of a better term, and placed that basket in the Nile River to uh, let it be taken away. And she even kind of prays a prayer and like, you know, this baby's in God's hands, you know, um, whatever happens, this baby is up to God sort of a thing. Well, a little further down the river, Pharaoh's daughter is bathing and she finds this basket with a baby in it. And so she decides, huh, I'm going to keep this baby. And so she takes the baby in and raises it as her own. And Moses is raised as uh, royalty in the Pharaoh's household. Well, at some point in his adult life, he sees an Egyptian guard uh, abusing a uh, Israelite slave. And Moses didn't obviously like that, like most people wouldn't like that. And Moses uh, tries to stop the Egyptian guard and in doing so kills the guard. Uh, Moses, freaking out that he just murdered a man, uh, runs away and he becomes a shepherd uh, several miles away. During that time, he has an encounter with God 
and God basically says, hey, you're the guy that I chose to go bring the Israelites out of slavery in Egypt. And Moses is like, I'm a murderer. I probably shouldn't be the, the one to do that. And God's like, no, you're the guy. Like, I want you to be the one to do that. And Moses is like, yeah, but I also don't talk very well. And God's like, who cares? Like, you're the guy. Like, I want you to be the one to do this. Long story short, Moses is the one that does that. He brings the Israelites out of slavery in Egypt. And a lot of really cool things happen. But I guess the point of that story is Moses was not a picture-perfect person. Uh, He killed a man, which is more than a lot of us can say. Uh, He's killed a man. Um, He had personal flaws, interpersonal flaws, relational flaws. And yet God was still willing to love him and show him grace and have mercy and forgive him and say, hey, in spite of all of these things that you've done, I want you to do something good. Um, I want you to do this thing that will help people um, because God saw value in who Moses was and that those actions and those moments didn't define who he was. So we've established that, you know, in our world, we can experience and probably have all experience skewed views Hmm. of grace. Um, ones that like you talked about were passive aggressive and things like that, but it's in its true form. Grace is freely given Mm -hmm. out of an overflow out of, um, free will and love and kindness and all of those things. That's the kind of grace that God, um, wants to give to each one of us. Would you say that you have experienced that personally in your relationship with God? And if so, how? What does that look like? Yeah. Well, I think I should say up front that it will look different for everybody. Um, Everybody's experiences in any area of life uh, may look similar, but are different. But in my life, there have been... Um, loads of situations where um, I've been receiving grace from God for uh, something dumb that I've said or something dumb that I've done or something I should have done that didn't. Um, An example of that would be um, the the plan that I already uh, referenced before when I had not intended to go to university. Um, if I hadn't have gone to university, I wouldn't be in the same type of position that I'm currently in to love other people in the way that I can. Um, whether that be uh, the time that I spent working at the church while I was in university where I could love and care for the students there. I don't think I would have had those same experiences if I didn't have the knowledge, the understanding, and the training that I had received. Well, all of that started because God showed me grace 
and said, okay, he's, he's not aware of the big picture. If I place somebody in his life that can speak wisdom into his life, maybe he'll listen in that way. And luckily I did. But I think that's a, a perfect example of God showing me a little bit of grace in my life. I don't think I would be living in a gutter somewhere if I hadn't have chosen to go to university. But I think my life would have looked a lot different. Mm-hmm. Uh, I wouldn't have met my wife. I wouldn't be in England right now working at Canvas. Um, I don't know what I would be doing, but I know it wouldn't be the same. What are ways that you find it difficult to experience grace and or offer grace to other people? Yeah, Um, I think for myself personally, it is really difficult to demonstrate grace or give grace to another person when they are like a repeat offender of something negative. Uh, It's really hard for me to want to offer grace when somebody continuously does something inconsiderate or rude or mean. Um, It's just hard for me sometimes to be like, I know this is the seventh time that they've said that mean thing to me, but I am going to grit my teeth and love them regardless. Like sometimes that's hard for me. Um, Sometimes it's hard to uh, move past that. Previously, you mentioned how grace is this thing that's continuing to grow and shift and hopefully become more clear, true version of what you see grace to be in your life. What does that look like now? It, what is it? What are you currently kind of maybe wrestling with in regards to grace or growing in? Or what do you feel like God's speaking to you about grace in this season? Yeah, lately I've been feeling um, about grace that it it in my life needs to be something that I don't just offer to other people. And I don't just expect God to offer me that I offer it for myself too. Um, I can sometimes be really hard on myself. I can sometimes beat myself up over something I said or something I did. And uh, what I've been realizing lately is that I need to give myself the same grace that I give to other people and to uh, give myself space to fail and to learn and to have patience with myself and recognize I'm not always going to be perfect. I'm not always going to say the right thing. I'm not always going to do the right thing. And to just, like I said, give myself a little bit of grace in that Um, because it's okay. I don't need to have it all together. Um, But sometimes in this world, we feel like we have to. It's a good word. We, none of us have it all together. We all need grace. I think that's a great note to end on as we come into land. So as a conclusion, uh, as we're talking on the series, before you go, before this year kind of wraps up and we enter into uh, the summer season, 
What's something um, that you wish that you could tell your uni self? I would tell my uni self that it's going to be okay. It's hard, um, but it will be okay. And the world doesn't start and end at university. It's good. Thanks so much for joining us this week, David. It's been so good to chat with you yeah. and to hear a little bit more about your life. Yeah, no problem. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Thanks for listening. If you want more information about Canvas and what's going on this term, follow us on Facebook or Instagram at Canvas Nottingham. And we'll be back same place next week on Wednesday. Look forward to seeing you there. Bye, Bye. everybody.